Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. I want to just kind of release a word because I think it's important um, before Apostle Tanya goes into what she's teaching on tonight, but I want you guys to picture a scroll and to understand that there's a chapter in each and every one of your scrolls that's been ordained for this time right now. And not only individually, but all of us together, God took each and every individual scroll of every person in here, and there's a chapter that he's, that he's breaking a seal off of, and he's doing it for all of us simultaneously in this family. Amen. Um, I want to read this and then I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I just, I had posted this in the, in the group as we prepare and celebrate Hanukkah together, shift and alignment has been appointed on our behalf. Seals will be broken off your destiny scrolls. This is the key part, shattering old patterns that cannot remain as new portions of your scrolls are revealed. Don't be discouraged because heavens and our ancestral cloud of witnesses are converging with the earthly realm in a way we've never experienced. I think it's important because um, on the way here, I don't know if you guys have felt like the weightiness or, or maybe even discouragement this week, or you're just battling or struggling struggling with things, um, but it's like such a narrow gate. It's such a narrow place as we approach this new chapter, and even to the point of on the way here, I felt like I got some extremely discouraging news. Right, and it just felt like a like a punch in the gut, and it's it's just such a, a level of earthly discouragement. But at the same time, we have to celebrate because we have to understand that we're getting to the very last word of the chapter that we're moving out of together, and we're all doing it together. And I want us to know that Yeshua has appointed this new chapter to be unrolled in this time. There's been, when I talk about old patterns, I'm talking about we've been married for 17 years and, and, right? Right? (laughs) You may look like, is that wrong? Yeah, in January, we are old. 2004. So 17 years into our covenant and we're still dealing with the, with the detriment and the impact of old patterns, old patterns that I had of bondage since the age of six, we still deal with now 17 years into our marriage. And I felt stirred this week that Yeshua was saying, I'm going to break off. I'm going to break off a seal to a new chapter. And as you step into the new chapter, the old patterns are just going to wash away. Not only the old patterns, but the impact of the old patterns. And I got excited about it and I kept praying about it because not only did he say that for me, but he's going to break, he's going to wash it off of our family. Come on. (laughs) Zeke's like, wash it off. I mean, we can get excited about that. We can get excited about that. And then, you know, leading up to this, the beginning of the, the Hanukkah celebration, when you fight for the flame, we had the opportunity to work uh, through some things with with one of our kids that just is is a 
it's a manifestation. It's fruit of that thing that Yeshua is going to deal with. And it's real stuff. It's real stuff, right? And we were able to, to talk about why are we celebrating Hanukkah and why is, why is Yeshua bringing this to the light now? Because there's been things that have been erected in our temple that, that don't honor God. Right? We've tolerated it. We've assimilated. We've let things assimilate into our temple that have tried to do away with the kingdom and, and, and establish themselves higher than God. Right? And we were able to talk with our children and say, and just the realness of Hanukkah, and all of a sudden it became real because it's like, wow, there's a, there's a light in me that the enemy's trying to blow out. He's trying to establish, he's trying to, the false father's trying to establish things in me, in my temple, to destroy my temple. And I have to fight to keep that. Amen. So I just felt like that's what, that's what Yeshua impressed upon me probably a couple of weeks ago. And I feel like that's for our household and for this family as well. So be, be mindful and prayerful of those old patterns you can you can have you could have dealt with let's say an addiction and you got free from it 10 years ago but the impact and the damage that it caused you can still be living through that and that's what yeshua said not only am i going to deal with the old pattern i'm going to deal with the effects and the impact of it amen mm-hmm. and how amazing that it's that that word is a word that can come forth at any time. But you know when there's those divine times and it's a word that has come forth at the same time that he's granting us permission to be able to build. And so at that at that same time, there are aspects of dealing with, um, how did you say it? The impact of the bondage and then the impact of it. <clears throat> what he was talking about is the realness in the next generation. Uh, the next generation has come to us and has said, what is wrong with me that this is happening? And, and instead of allowing to focus on what the enemy has done within the temple, focus on the fight, focus on what Yeshua is saying. You are whatever, 10, 9, 15, 16, 17, and you're dealing with it now. So in our personal family, if you just look at age, if something was dealt with at the age of 30 and addiction gets broken off your life, and then you have a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old where addiction's being broken off their life, and then they ask, will my kids deal with this? We're on a good track record because if at the age of 30 it was dealt with and now you're 15, then that means your children at be pre-birth will never Right? I mean, if, if our pattern is things are broken at 15, then I can expect the next generation is 15 years less. So that's a pre-birth thing. We're going to see the fruit of the next generation that walk in what we essentially get to walk in now from, you know, uh, from pre-Yeshua's time with this whole fight in the light, that we get to walk in that now where we're going to begin to see that ex- on earth where they're never having to... They're never having to fight for the light. The light just keeps, I think you were talking about, it's just, uh, um, what did you call it? Or the fires just, just the fires all over. It's just fire, 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 fire until there's just this fire ablaze of his light. Amen. So receive that word as we enter into this weekend. 
Okay, so tonight is a powerful night. If you are, is, are, is live on? Are we on? If you're joining on live, I am definitely in pajamas because we are celebrating this entire weekend as a family. So right after this uh, teaching that's going to be coming forth, we're going to be uh, heading out to our home and we're going to just be dwelling all weekend. And I believe that there is going to be impartation. I believe for every single one of you, there's going to be impartation depending on the food that you eat, what it is that you consume, what it is that you drink. There has been intentionality with the environment, the lights that you're going to encounter. I believe that you're going to walk uh, through a door frame and you're going to just feel something, see something, sense something. There's going to be encounters that are going to happen. There's going to be some miraculous things that are going to happen. There's going to be healings. There's going to be dreams. There's going to be visions. There's going to be breakthrough. There's going to be encounters. It is just going to be nonstop. There's going to be joy. There's going to be this obnoxious joy. And then you also may be laid out in the Holy Ghost. So uh, we are excited about all that is going to come this weekend because I believe that there is an impartation I can't even speak to. I don't know the impartation that's coming, but it's coming. And one of it is being, one of the impartations that's coming is being granted permission to be able to build with your family under the assurance and foundation that it will not be on what he just said. On the, I can't get your wording. Old patterns and the what? And the impact, there you go. It will not be built on old patterns and it's not gonna be built on the impact of old patterns, which is why he's granted us permission to be able to navigate this next season because he's saying that we're not going to do that. It's He's giving the family the ability to say, I'm allowed to put my hands on it because we are now fighting for the light instead of being part of the defilement, okay? Amen, are you guys ready to receive? So like Missy said, I want to take it back to what Missy said. Uh, Are you guys ready for an eye adjustment? I know you guys have had many of them, but we're just going to continue in the eye adjustment to make sure that your follow-up exams are are giving us the right uh, uh, diagnosis as the first exam. (laughs) Or when you get your adjustment, right, sometimes you have to walk out your prognosis and then you have to come up for a follow-up to make sure that your prognosis is the exact same. Got it? Okay, so tonight, what we're going to do, if you guys remember, uh, when we actually released on Hanukkah, we started off the service talking about the law. You guys remember that? And it was kind of a foundational teaching to be able to express and remind ourselves why we're getting into the feast altogether. You guys remember that? So it was the point of how do I reconcile when Paul says you are not under the law and Yeshua said, I didn't come to abolish it. We need to reconcile that. And there was a teaching that came forth this at the same time that we released about Hanukkah about the law and about what the Torah means and all that stuff. Remember that? But I kind of feel like because we released on Hanukkah, that just kind of like took off and we've been focusing on that. So I felt like we need to kind of go back and do a, another refresher on law and grace to make sure that our eyes are adjusted properly as we begin to walk out this next year, especially when the confrontation comes and says, you're not a Jew. Why are you talking about Hanukkah? What's going to happen when you say Passock is here and we're not talking about Easter? You're going to be asked questions. We need to make sure we understand foundationally, not just, well, my mom was in these pajamas and she told us that we're doing Hanukkah, so that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> Be 
because then that would be old patterns and then we would have the impact to the old patterns and we don't want that, right? So you need to be able to understand the foundation of why it is that we're building the way that we're building. Amen? Okay. And you can, you're smiling at me with, what's going on? <laughs> um, I mean, hop in at any time. Okay. All right. So there's a couple of, um, all right. There's kind of, there's a couple different directions we can go. One direction is, is really diving into some scriptures and nitpicking those scriptures. I'm not feeling like that's the direction we're going to go because I kind of want to give another overview to just make sure we have a foundational understanding. And also partly because, um, it's been a crazy day. (laughs) So I'm kind of like trying to figure out which way to go. And I'm feeling a little bit more conversational than I am necessarily teacher mode, but we'll get there. So one of the things that I want you guys to understand, uh, contextually, Paul, we're just going to, we're just going to hit Paul. Okay. Paul is one of the main New Testament writers. He is the one that is so against the law. It's crazy, right? I mean, that's what we read. That's what we're told. You, he, you do not need to follow the Old Testament. We, you are not under the law, right? So all this, Paul is like that guy. He's the guy that told the women to be quiet. He's the guy that basically gave all these rules and regulations. And then you try to line it up with what Yeshua said. And Paul just seems schizophrenic and we don't know what's going on with Paul. So we're going to talk about Paul. Okay. That sound okay? Okay. So Paul, who was he? a religious Pharisee, right? And so he's a converted, but he was, he was going to be one of the high priests. He wasn't just like, oh, you know, we say the word Pharisee kind of religious, like, oh, that, you know, I've heard that so many times, like, oh, that person's a Pharisee. No, they're not. It doesn't, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, there's, there's all these groups during the time that Yeshua had walked. And you need to understand who Paul was. So when he's bold about things, he's speaking from a perspective. And if you don't know his perspective or you don't understand his history, you have no idea his language. So we've already kind of uh, dissected the word law in our ESV versions. It's kind of law is the blanket law. And there's several different there's a couple different laws for that word. We've already talked about that. But what I want to do is I want to give some history as to what the law was to Paul versus what Yeshua was talking about when he talked about the law. Because remember, Yeshua was not a Pharisee, right? So we need to understand the difference of what Paul was getting after versus what Yeshua was getting after and make sure we understand contextually what's happening. Okay. So do you guys by chance remember the circle that I had drew a long time ago when the Torah was in the center and then there was all this stuff on the outside? I want to go into a little bit deeper of what all that stuff is on the outside so you can understand why Paul was so passionate to tell people, trust me, you're going to ruin it. You can't do it by all of that. Okay? And that is a very different story than what Yeshua was talking about with other things. Okay? So I'm going to just write these out. I'll just do the circle again. 
And I'm not going to talk about it, but there is a mystery inside there. So you have the Torah, you have the Talmud, this wipe. You have the Mishnah. Actually, I'm going to add. Sorry, if you're writing notes, I can erase. You probably can't. So you have Torah, Oral Law, Talmud, Mishnah, the Gemara, and there's still one more. And this is the Halakha. You guys have all that? So Torah, Oral Law, Talmud, Mishnah, Gemara, Halakha. instructions from a father. Something to think about or something to dive into. Many people will say, oh, I don't know if I want to get into that. Um, this was given so that the sons and daughters would know how to navigate within the promised land. So when people say, if you break that, then you have a uh, then um, I can't think of the word infirmity or an iniquity, but you have to understand this didn't come till way after a whole lot of iniquities were going on. So if people say, well, if you break the law, Genesis, right, is way before the Torah was given. So there was already iniquity is what I'm getting at. And the Torah was given as a sweetness, as a loving instructions from a father on to explain to you what is evil, what is not, and this is how you're going to walk it out. We're, versus what we've learned as Christians is, you know, you, you, you do away with it because you just can't follow that. And, so, and if you break the law, then there's punishment when there was so much iniquity before it even came that the loving instructions were to be able to address what was already going on. Okay? So that's why we have to understand that the Torah, sometimes that word is just the law. There's just, there's rules, regulations. It's to keep me on the straight and narrow. And if I get off the straight and narrow, then there's punishment. When really what that was, was this is to teach you how to stay on the straight and narrow, if you will, because iniquity is on this earth. And you can serve one of two things. Okay? Foundationally, we understand that. that there are two, um, what's the word I always say? I forget federal heads. There are two spiritual beings. There are two federal heads. There are two fathers. That's Hasatan and Yahweh. Hasatan is the Satan, right? We understand that. 
So there are, we know that Hasatan, Satan, fell because of his trading. So as humans, you have the ability to trade with one of two fathers, right? Well, because trading had been going on, Yahweh said, here is my loving instructions of how to teach you how to trade with me instead of the one that is trying to, right? Okay, Tower of Babel, all Babel, Babylon, right? All, the, all of that, so we understand all that, okay. So, does that make sense? All right, so Torah is loving instructions from a father, okay? Then, um, then you have the oral law, and I'm looking at my notes to make sure that I'm giving you guys like the right dates, but you, then you have the oral law, and these are obviously verbal instructions of the Torah, okay? So the oral law explains the Torah, okay? Um, yeah, I don't so the oral law is verbal inst- verbal instructions that was passed down from generation to generation to generation of the Torah. All right? Then you have the Talmud. And the reason where this kind of gets a little bit confusing is just because their dates are different. And I want to make sure that I'm explaining to you it uh, different or explain it, explaining it to you right. So let me do this. So you have the oral law, verbal instructions of the Torah. Um... I'm going to skip one and I'm going to go to the Mishnah and about 200 AD. Okay. So you have the Torah, Moses's time. You have the oral law from Moses's time all the way to Yeshua. That's verbal. Okay. The Mishnah gets written in 200 AD. It is the writings of the oral law. Because what was happening was there was a scattering after Yeshua had walked the earth and the Jews had realized that everybody was honoring the Torah differently. And they were like, we're gonna lose the oral law if we don't, or I should say the oral law. People are starting to uh, have their traditions and we're getting scattered. And what we need to do is write down the oral law because we're gonna end up losing it if we don't actually write it down. So the Mishnah is the written oral law that was written 200 AD. Make sense? The Mishnah, I'm skipping the Talmud. The Mishnah is just the written word of the oral law and it was passed down from Moses' time to 200 AD. And the reason why is because the Romans obviously were out to kill everyone who followed Yeshua and they were starting to get a really strong backing. They were starting to get really strong and the Romans didn't like it. And so they were getting pushed on. And so what was happening is, is that they were scattering and in the scattering, the rabbis began to say, I think we need to start writing down what we're saying orally because we're gonna lose it since we're not all in Jerusalem. Go ahead. So none of these are in the Bible. The oral law is referenced, but it's not actually spoken about, but it's referenced. None of these are in the Bible except for the Torah. Okay? All right. Now, the Talmud. Are you guys all right? Okay. 
Talmud is, um, I feel like I'm like, I've got, I've got dreidels on my mind. I've got hot chocolate on my mind. (laughs) I'm like, where are people going to sleep on my mind? (laughs) Sorry. All right. So the Talmud is, uh, okay. All of a sudden I'm like, (laughs) the Talmud is, uh, written. Um, it is both the Talmud is written by rabbis on how to honor the Torah and traditions. Okay. That's the Talmud. Let me explain. Well, I'll get into explaining all of that. Okay. Uh, so basically the Talmud is going to be a mix of Torah and oral law. The Talmud is a mix of oral law and Torah. And the Talmud was written in order to walk out those things accurately. Okay. That makes sense. I want to explain something about the Talmud. There are 20. Okay. Here's our Bible. Okay. Here's our Bible. The Torah is the first five books. So let's just say right here. Okay. The Talmud alone is 22 volumes. It, the books are this big and this thick. One volume is how to walk out Sabbath, which would be tonight. One volume. What you do on Sabbath, which is Friday night to Saturday, is one volume. Here's the thing. There is one scripture in the Torah, maybe a couple, that says, honor Yahweh on the Sabbath. Set yourself apart one day a week where you honor him and you don't do what you did the rest of the week. That's what the Torah says. The Talmud has a volume, one out of 22, on what you're supposed to do on Friday night to Saturday, down to what you can carry and what you can't carry in your arms. Okay? Are you guys starting? Go ahead. It was basically what was passed down orally. Torah, tradition, all of that. So it was just the oral law. It was basically uh, when you go into what Moses did when he went back up with the 70 elders, it was a lot of explanation versus what was written down. Like the Torah, right, was written down. And then there was a lot of oral instruction that was given to him. And then they passed that down orally to their families. They did not write it down until 200 AD, but the Talmud were the rabbis that gathered together to be able to not only explain what to do with the Torah, but how to walk out tradition. Okay? In today's culture, this is what it would look like. In today's culture, you have the Bible. Does this sound familiar? So in today, so you have the word. And then you have a group of pastors that get together and then they tell you how you're going to do Ephesians. And then it would be like a group of pastors saying, hey, let's get together and let's like form a group and then we'll write down our vision. And then we'll say what everyone should do to make sure that we all look the same. That would be all this stuff. 
but that doesn't take away from what's in here. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. The Talmud, there's also two different versions. I'm just giving you this just for information. There's the Jerusalem one, and then there's the Babylonian one. And it actually seems interesting. You would think that the Jewish one was more, this is such an interesting thing. You would think that the Jerusalem one would be more accurate, but really the Babylonian one was. Why? Because the ones that were sent to exile were the higher ups, and they knew their They knew their stuff and they were the ones that were exiled. It was the common folk that were left in Jerusalem, but they still needed to have this stuff written down. So you've got two different Talmuds going on, Babylonian and and then the Jerusalem one because of what was going on during that time. So you have groups of rabbis or common folk that were coming together to write down the Talmud and how to walk out these traditions. And there's differences between the Babylonian and the Jerusalem one. Huh? Like the book of Daniel? I don't know. All right. Then you have the Gemara. The Gemara is commentary on all that. Now, high priests spend uh, 20, uh, 20, 40, 60 years studying this stuff. So they know this stuff. Okay? They study all of that. And you are not allowed... Listen to this. You are not allowed to even get into the Talmud unless you have 20 years under one rabbi understanding the Torah. And we're over here like, that ain't comfortable. That pastor didn't float my boat, so, you know. Right? And that's only five books. 20 years on five books becoming a student of the loving instructions of the father before they can even get into all this. Okay? You guys understand? So then the Gemara is the commentary on all this. And then you got the Halakha. Halakha is legalism. It is the, it is the legal counsel of what happens to you if you do not understand or walk this out correctly. So if you don't walk out something in the Talmud, a group of rabbis get together and decide what your punishment is, that is the halakha. It's a K-A, sorry. H-A-L-A-K-A. Legalism. Not legalism like rules. (laughs) That's legal. This is literally legalism. It's, it, it, it's where the word comes from. It, yeah, it's should she be stoned? Should she not? Now you understand what Yeshua was doing when the woman, and they're saying stone her. And he said, you cast the first one. He was coming against all of this because they had legal right to say she's supposed to be stoned. And he steps in, says something like that. And we make a pretty sermon out of it. And we have no idea what Yeshua was talking to. The high priest that knew all this, that had legal right for her to be stoned. And he steps in and says, you cast it first. You want to know? They, they got real quiet. Because they recognized that even for them to speak out loud the way that they did was breaking one of these. I mean, he just got them all left and right because. Okay. All right. Are you guys starting to get a picture 
don't know if I have a quick answer.
because they wanted to honor him that we were to rest. And there was implication of how to rest. So us people who just work, 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 it was a way to give us some rules and guidelines of what honoring could look like because I didn't know how to honor. So there's this and then there's this and then there's this. And then if I end up not honoring him, there's some consequences. But is that not kingdom? Right? So it's not like this is bad. It's just we need to understand it and put it in our proper lens. Okay? So so you can't carry anything. So this would be an example. Um, a homeless person comes up to the window and has a bowl and puts the bowl inside the house. And if you put food inside the bowl and the homeless person leaves with the bowl, they are held accountable because they broke a law. But if you take the bowl from the homeless person, go into your kitchen, fill it up and give it back, now you have broken the law. That is how strict and they, the rule, I mean, that was one of the 22 volumes that they understood. You guys have to understand, this is, this is, this isn't just, am I Jew or Gentile? This is pre-Yeshua. Are, are I feel like that's just kind of hitting me right now. Pre-Yeshua, everyone who believed in Yahweh was a Jew. (laughs) Right? There wasn't that faith yet. I'm like, I don't, that is like weighty to me right now. So I'm like wanting that to settle in the room. So who we are before his son came, that is how he expected you to, to walk. People didn't believe in Yahweh and be like, grace. Right? That's our faith is what I'm saying. Yahweh is still Yahweh. He just sent his son not just since you don't understand what I'm saying, but that up until Yeshua, that is the way that they walked. That is the way we walked. That's the way our heritage walked. I don't, I'm just like, okay. So when Yeshua came, you can understand why it was such an uproar. That's why they were like, okay, you are doing a lot of miracles, but you are breaking all of those rules. How do we reconcile this? That is not the Yahweh that we know. And he's asked us to walk this way. Our forefather Moses told us to, all the rabbis that were taught and all the, all this stuff. And then Yeshua comes along, breaks all these rules. And we're supposed to follow you and say that you're king of the Jews, but you're kind of doing a lot of miracles. And they didn't understand what was going on. But it's, it was Yahweh himself. Right? So, so you have, I don't know why that, I don't know why that is like hitting me. Okay. So when, uh, so you guys are understanding at least some of the examples about the rules. And there are obviously a million of them because that's just one volume out of the 22 of all of the different ways to to basically, it's the how to walk out the Torah. This should not be abnormal to us. It's what we do in today's world. 
any church, any religion, any place you go to is going to have the word and then going to have a list of rules of how you walk that out and going to have, right, all of that stuff is not, and then you're also going to have a legal team to figure out what's right and wrong. Okay? We're just kind of repeating history. All right. So, when Yeshua came and he said, I did not do away with the law, but I came to fulfill it. He was talking about this. He was not talking about all of this. Okay? Because this is the original. This was the loving instructions from a father. And at the end of the day, things were starting to get wonky, obviously, or else he wouldn't have sent his son. Because now you had a group, uh, you had his people beginning to walk so away from what he originally intended that they weren't going to be able to make it. If If you're constantly breaking these things, nobody, he desires relationship with his sons and daughters right so he desires it and they they wouldn't be able to continue in this so he sends his son to get rid of all of this but this is what he came to fulfill okay so that's why he says I didn't come to do away with the law because that law is the loving instructions from the Father. That's why Jeremiah the prophet says that there is coming a new covenant where the Torah will be written on your hearts. Because you have the ability through Yeshua now to have this inside of you. And you can understand that prophetically that this is the light inside of me, not all the rules and regulations where I perform what's inside of me to try to get somewhere. But now I have access to it inside of me and it comes out from out, from inside to outside. And it's the instructions from the Father that I'm walking out through the Holy Spirit that teaches me how to honor on Sabbath because it's inside of me, not because some priest told me, don't carry a dish. Now, now hear me. If Holy Spirit says, don't carry a dish, don't tell me I'm operating under the Mishnah. Because how you honor him is going to now look different. And the Jews didn't like the scattering or people looking different. So they needed everybody to be the same in the sense that they didn't want to lose what it was that he said. Okay? So, does that make sense? It does not mean that you do not have rules in your life. It does not mean that there's no order. It does not mean that it's not going to to be walked out. But the difference is, is before I would have had a a one book volume that I would read and it would tell me what to do so that I could get in his good graces. And if I didn't, I would have somebody who would help me and punish me to make sure that I was doing it right. And it was all external. And he wanted a personal relationship with his sons and daughters. Okay? And so that is what all this was. That's why Yeshua said, I am coming to fulfill it because I'm going to come inside of you. That's also why he said, it's better for me to leave. Okay? Got it? All right. Now you can understand. Now that's Yeshua, 
Think about who he is. The son of Yahweh, Yahweh himself comes to the earth to say, I'm it. While he's breaking rules and following them all at the same time. And saying, follow me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And they're like, but that is not the Yahweh we've known. And he's like, but the, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill it. I mean, he died on the cross with the title over his head saying, King of the Jews. (laughs) Did we talk about that yet? Just a little side thing. In Hebrew, King of the Jews up on the cross spelled out yod hey vav hey which is why the jews were angry because no man is allowed to put that title on him all right now yeshua is him and says i didn't i didn't do away with these loving instructions but all this stuff i he confronts all of it Every single time you're, you're, you're reading in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everything he did, he constantly had like this, like, um, uh, I mean, you, he studied in the temple at seven years old. He knew his stuff, and he'd catch them in things. Not by telling them, but asking a certain question. It's like he'd catch them. Do you really know all those rules? Because I know them. Because he was trying to show, like like with the stoning of, of the woman, it was like he'd ask a question that would just get them to just be quiet. Because he knew. Okay? So it's not like he just flippantly was like, I don't like this, I'm going to flip tables. He wasn't this rebellious. He knew this. He was him. He knew what was happening inside the hearts of people and what he came to demolish and what he came to fulfill. Okay? So now you have another character and you have Paul. Okay. Now Paul is going to be a high priest in all of this for the Jews. Right. Paul is studying all this to become the high priest for the Jews and is killing anybody who says this crazy guy is yod heh vav right? Paul, you guys understand that? Okay, Damascus, okay, all right. He got knocked off his high horse, right? Encounter happens, but think about it. Think about that transformation encounter. I mean, we talk about it a lot, like he was killing Christians and then all of a sudden he becomes, you know, Paul. And it's like, but think about it. I just said, in order to get to here, you have to at least study for 20 years. He had devoted his life to becoming a high priest to teach the Jews how to walk the way that they are supposed to walk. Not because they're horrible people, but because they wanted to be obedient to Yahweh. And then Yahweh comes in and says, here's my son. And they're like, what are you doing? on this earth, right? So you have Paul who studies to do all this and then he gets radically demolished. I mean, he just gets radically, right? And he becomes, well, he becomes Paul, right? Okay. So when he says things to the churches, 
Okay, so remember, he's talking to all these different churches. When he begins to speak to the churches, he's giving instructions. And he basically is starting to realize what's happening. Okay? I'm just going to call us, I'm just going to say Christians. Now I'm getting pretty bold when people say, are you a Christian? I'm like, no. I am not a Christian. I'm, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a follower of the, of the way. I'm not a Christian. And then that just kind of like, <gasps> and then when they start saying happy Hanukkah, are you a Jew? Nope. And I'm, you know, they're just, they just can't figure me out. And I, sometimes I feel like I'm Yeshua. Just like, I'll just ask a question. And I'll be like, gotcha. Like, <laughs> All right. So you have Paul, right? And he's speaking to the churches because what was happening is, is they were trying to be obedient to the law. So this, this guy comes along, they obviously are following him, but they're trying to figure this out. They didn't know just because he died and rose again, like, oh, I wonder if that means all this goes away. It was like they were trying to figure out how they had been Jews. And then he comes along, he says, you're better off without me. Holy Spirit comes on. They're honoring the feast of the Jews. Shavuot, right? So they're still Jews. They just love Yeshua because he said, go to the upper room, wait. So they do because they're following his instruction and they're also following Yahweh's instruction, right? They knew the Talmud. They knew what to do with the traditions. They knew on Shavuot, you go, you go to Jerusalem and you wait. That wasn't some random scripture. I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. I mean, he had to tell them to wait because they're like, don't leave us. And they were freaking out and didn't know if they were supposed to leave the Romans. And he said, keep following my ways. There's a feast coming. You know what to do. Go to the upper room, go to Jerusalem and wait. And on Shavuot, Holy Holy, Holy Spirit comes. I don't know why Holy came out three times. (laughs) Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Ruach, right? Falls and they're wasted at 9 a.m. Tomorrow, 9 a.m., breakfast. (laughs) Right? I mean, they're getting accused of being wait. I mean, they are wasted. They don't know what hit them. All they knew, even during their walk with Yeshua, was just asking them, what, what, how do you, what do you love? What is, what? They were just, they just, they knew who he was and they followed him, but they were Jews. Right? Okay. So they follow him. Well, I'm probably, I'm just talking about people in general. The disciples weren't necessarily, except for Judas. Anyways, okay. So they're, they're, the whole area is trying to figure this out because all they know is all this. This guy comes in and says, I am the king of all this. And they can't figure it out because he's breaking all these rules. So then, um, so then they go, so then Holy Spirit comes and now they have to try to figure it out. All that happens is they just get wasted. And then they're just supposed to, I'll follow the Holy Spirit. I mean, they, they knew Yeshua for three years. Some of them had never seen him other than him in his risen state, walking on the earth. Like they didn't, they, that's all they had. And then he leaves, they get tongues of fire. And then they're just supposed to like have a church. Right? I mean, the confusion. They're trying to congregate based on this Yeshua guy, but all they know is this. 
So you have the same thing. You have the pastors who are leading or the apostles who are leading and they start trying to figure all this out. Make sense? Paul is the father of trying to give direction to the churches. Now you can understand he was the high priest to all this. And he's trying to nail to these Christians, to these followers, to these churches. He's trying to explain what it was that Yeshua did and to not be doing all of this. So Paul was saying, you are not under the law. But under grace. Why? Because he started to see that these churches were starting to follow all of these rules and they were making a mess out of it. They were hurting the Jews' feelings because they're trying to follow their laws and they're not doing it very well. So now the Jews are getting offended and they're claiming some guy is, you know, the Messiah and they're thinking the Messiah hasn't come, right? You can see the discord, but they're trying to figure it out. So Paul comes in and basically that's why he says those things. You are not under all of this, but under grace. There's grace to figure this out. There's grace for you to work. There's grace for you to understand how to walk in the loving instructions of a father and not get stoned for it. There's grace for you to figure out how to honor Yahweh and you don't have to be worrying about whether, should I, should I feed the homeless? Should I not? Stop it. You're not under all that. But he did not say to the churches, you are not under honoring Yahweh on Sabbath. He wasn't saying that. He wasn't demolishing the loving instructions from the father and saying, you don't have to do that anymore. He's just saying, stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to follow the rules of man and tradition and all of this stuff because you're messing it up. Okay, that's what Paul was doing. How powerful is that? So now when you're reading the New Testament and you start to get confused and you're like, what is with all of this? What is Paul talking about? You can understand now what it was that Paul was really trying to hit hard on because he was talking to the churches who were trying to recreate what they thought they knew and put his name on it. And so he's coming in them hard saying that you don't, you're not underneath all that. He wasn't, uh, uh, not hypocritical. Well, I guess, but he wasn't undermining what Yeshua said. But we don't understand that when we read it. We read it and we go, what the heck? I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. And then we form a church under that, grace, right? I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean, I don't mean that. I just meant like, you know what I, I mean? There's like hyper grace right now. You don't need to worry about honoring Yahweh on Sabbath, smoke weed and do whatever you want. Um, no, or I mean, whatever, whatever Holy Spirit says, I don't, (laughs) I'm just saying it's not, it's not a, uh, it's now, now you cannot, I cannot put you in a box. He was basically saying you can't be put in a box because now you have the freedom to understand within you what it looks like to honor Yahweh instead of somebody telling you what it looks like. And you've got to figure that out. And there's grace for that. That's what there's grace for. There's not grace to break all the rules. There's not grace to not be in order. There's not grace to not understand the Torah. There's not grace to not knowing the word. 
The grace is that you actually get to put it inside of you and you get to work it out. And you don't have to have somebody tell you what to do. That's legalism. That's Now, that's another whole story because I would rather, personally, I would rather have legalism than Yeshua. No, I'm not trying to be all hyper grace like Jesus is fun because I would rather it burn inside of me and have the Holy Ghost conviction and walk it out than somebody else telling me what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do to me that's easy right but trying to figure it out and there's grace for that that's called a personal relationship that's a little more difficult I don't want a relationship tell me what to do I mean, I don't know how you are. That's how I am. But instead it's like, not you can do whatever you want, but in the context of the father, in the context of Yahweh, in the context of this personal relationship, there is grace for you to figure out how to look like me. That is a whole different thing than somebody saying, do this, do this, do this in hopes that you'll be a reflection. Now I have this mandate in my life that I am a joint heir. That is a little heavy. I am a co-heir to the kingdom. I sit at the right hand of the father. I've been given access through him to be back in the divine council where I started. And it's up to me and him and my personal relationship and the family that I get adopted in to figure out what that reflection looks like. That's some grinding and some iron sharpening. That's a whole different story than you belong as a member to a group and I will tell you what to do and what to don't and then I'll make sure you're in trouble or you're rewarded and then you're good to go. That, that to me is easier than having to be convicted by a personal relationship in the middle of the night, 9 a.m., 7, all, all day long, 24, like Kendra said, um, that's all day. Let my incense be an aroma. What was it? Day and night, night and day. And she's like, there's no break. I've said this before. Yeshua was harder. He said, you look at a woman. But the point was, is because you can't do it. You can't do it without him. That's why Paul said, stop. You're not under that. Okay. You are not under that, but you are under grace. There is grace. For you to, hear this, okay? There is grace for you to be under that so that you can govern it. So he's saying you're not under, oh man, you are not under someone else telling you what it looks like, but you are under grace to figure out what it looks like because when you come under the loving instructions of a father, you will be equipped to govern the loving instructions of a father. And what are we called to do as sons and daughters? Become mothers and fathers, take dominion and replenish the earth. Is this? So, 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 and, and I'm not gonna get into scriptures, but Paul talks about that. Paul talks that you would have guardians and stewards that would raise you up, that you're actually under the law. You have to understand from his perspective, they were already, he, they knew the law is what I'm saying. So he didn't have to preach like I have to preach that you're under the law. He had to say, knock it off because they were so under the law. We're 
we're so not even close to the law, we've botched it, said we don't need it, threw it out, and we've gotten rid of prophecy. Right? Because the law says he's coming back. And then we say we want him to come back, but I don't want to do the law. So, so what he was, he didn't have to say that. So what I'm saying is, is the more you are under the loving instructions of a father, you will be raised and tutored and guided into being able to govern the law, which is why he says that the light will be appointed to govern the seasons because you are the ones that will govern the feasts. But you can't govern if you haven't been taught by it. It's the same thing. I would not be able to, if I had a home, I, I do have a home, my home, if, I'm, if I had a home, my home, somebody comes along at the age of 30 and says, give me the keys. I know how to govern. Not if you weren't under my house. You might be able to govern somebody else's house, but you don't want to govern my home, right? You have to be under in my home to be able to gain the keys to run it. Okay, it's the same thing. The father is saying, come under me. And we're like, like, it's like the spirit of rebellion. I don't want to be under nothing while we're repeating history and pretty much doing halakas, right? Because we're saying he did away with that, but I am going to set up a council. Tower of Babel, I'm gonna do it. Babylon, we'll, we'll work with the spiritual beings to make sure we get to a high place. Right? So that, that was that was right? I'll work with the spiritual beings to figure this mess out. I'll do it myself. Versus what he was after is that he wants you to be able to be under him which is the loving instructions of a father to be able to be raised up in that so that you can govern the earth. Amen? Does that give a clear picture of the difference between Paul and Yeshua? I wanna make sure I keep tackling this because I know that that is a hard thing when you're reading and you're like, this just seems hypocritical and I just don't understand it. Especially when, you know, we've gone through this before when Paul was the one that was saying, this is what these rules are. And you start to learn his personality and how he writes. And you understand that uh, you have to remember that what got put in this word was letter correspondence. And so they were corresponding and the churches were asking questions. And so he was responding to all of the rules that they were setting up. So for example, one of the churches said, hey, we got a great idea. There is a lot of people who are getting out of order and they keep talking. So I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna split up the husbands and wives and the men are gonna be over here and the women are gonna be over here and I think that will fix it. And he starts realizing they're kind of building a Talmud again. So he basically says, what are you nuts? That's not gonna work. But the way that you read it makes it sound like he's saying that's a good idea. 
Okay, so you have to understand that there's correspondence. You have to understand Hebrew. You have to understand question marks. You have to understand explanation points. You have to understand the, the, the Torah, for example, if you, if you meet an eight-year-old Jewish boy, they will know all, the, they will know all five of the books and they know it uh, fluently. They don't have Exodus chapter five, verse two. It's just, there is no division. There is no, there is no, it's just a fluent, it's just a fluent thing. So there's a way that the word was written that in English, we tried to figure it out and we were trying to put stopping points in things. And for some reason we thought, ah, this group of scripture shouldn't be in there. So we threw that out and right. I mean, there's just all this stuff. And that's why we're trying to go back to the original because there's so many uh, translations, which essentially would be, you know, 2000 AD were writing the oral or you, you know what I mean repeating the history in that way so does that make sense between Paul and Yeshua and what was going on what Yeshua came for what he meant does that give us a clear picture between law and because I want to make sure we understand that this is real when people say why are you doing Hanukkah okay why are you honoring Pasach I want you guys to be able to understand I was called as a daughter to govern the feast. I was never told. I was never told to not honor the feast. Never once. It's not anywhere. But we've made that up because we took that one scripture and said, you're not under the law. Yeah. And then just threw all of that out and forgot what our original purpose was on this earth, which was to govern the seasons and the times. And we believe prophetically, like we've been learning, if he, if something really miraculous happened on Shavuot and something really miraculous happened on Pasach, right? I mean, you can't look at me and be like, I don't know what direction we're going. I mean, this is kind of like simple gospel. Something happened on Passock, you guys. The first time Passock happened was not when Yeshua died. Okay, remember the weight of what I said. We, we, let's just say our heritage, we were all Jews before Yeshua. And we were honoring Passock ever since Exodus, right? And then something crazy happens on Pasach. And then all of a sudden, we are Jews and we are honor, honoring Shavuot. And then something crazy happens on Shavuot. And then we should be a group of people that are always honoring Yom Terorah. Sukkot. Feast of Trumpets, right? Because something crazy is going to happen during that time. It's what we want to happen. And we don't even know what Yom Terorah is. Right? So, isn't that exciting? But isn't that also like really humbling? Because all I've known Shavuot was Pentecost. That was the church's birthday. Which is amazing. But where'd it come from? That's what Paul was saying, right? Know where you came from and know that you're also not all under that, but don't do away with it because you have to walk that out. And so it's interesting to me that as, as, as believers of the way that we've been given the authority to govern and we don't even know what we're governing. We don't know about Sukkot. We, I, I went through the dates. I can do it again. But we are Hag Sameach Hanukkah. 
this is the time. It's not 100% proven. There's a couple of different things that are out there. But at the end, of the, I gave both perspectives. Remember, at the end of the day, either way, the six months, all of it's awesome. Something miraculous happens at the feast, regardless of how you want to look at it. If you know Elizabeth and you understand the six months difference, then most likely he was conceived right now. We are dwelling in a time where the conception of our Messiah miraculously through the hovering of the Holy Spirit over a female that would say the most beautiful words in the scripture. Let me be, I'll do your will. Whatever the cost, whatever it may look like. Can you imagine saying you're a Jew or in a culture of Jews and saying, I'll bring in the Messiah that they're crying out for to find out that they're like, you're nuts. And she says, I'll be the one. That happened. Most likely this week that we are honoring is the time that, that, the, that the angel said, and you shall call him Yeshua. Do you guys know that his name Yeshua is not the first time his name shows up in the scriptures either? It actually happens uh, at the Sea of Reeds, the Red, the Red Sea. Do you guys know that? Moses says, look, look ahead for your Yeshua has come. It means salvation. Look for your salvation has come. I have made a way. And then this female, 2000 years later, gets a word of the Lord. Your baby is going to be called Yeshua. Look for your salvation has come. That happened during this season because we believe that he was born during Sukkot because he tabernacled with us. So if, if, if you're like, why? Why would we not want to celebrate his conception? And why would we not want to celebrate his birthday? The issue is, is his birthday is just, it's just different. And here's why it's important. Because he's going to come back. The way he came. So if, okay, I'm just going to... I'm not saying this is thus say the Lord, but I just want to make it plain so you guys understand what I'm saying. If you knew, let's say it was written in the scripture or you had a word of the Lord that you knew beyond a, like you, like you heard, uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's scriptural. Okay. That he says, I'm coming back on my birthday. Okay. Would you not want to be like the wise men? You might want to know the stars. Okay. Not what media tells you. Not what Roman culture tells you, not what a bunch of other cultures tell you where the star is, but where he says the star is. So all I'm saying is, is that if you honor where the wise men were, we can't just say because we saw a, a baby in a manger and some wise men stories that all of a sudden we know that the wise men were walking around right now. Here's why, because if he says I'm coming back at that time, we would probably want to know when that is. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. So being able to understand that the light of the world, right? We're, we're, we're celebrating fight for the light to not go out. And here's his conception time. That light within that would begin, that would, would not begin, but would begin and continue to grow and grow and grow. And that's why this is exciting. This is what Missy was talking about. There's that lens correction. I've been seeing a certain way and I just need one or two, two. Okay. Three, four. Okay, now what? One, two. And sometimes it's like one, 
the difference and I'm almost scared. Like if I say the wrong one, they're going to tell me I have really bad eyesight. So I'm like, one, I, I can't really tell the difference. Just one or two. It's a little blurry on two. Okay. Like, I don't know what you're looking. I don't know what you're looking for. I just want to give the right answer. I don't want a hawaka. <laughs> right? I get all anxiety. I'm like, I don't, what's, which one's the right answer, right? But that's all it is. Just one, two. And it's just that little bit of vision. But all those calculations with those little vision, I'm not an optometrist, but I'm telling you right now, if they know your ones versus your twos and your threes and your fours, they put together your perfect prescription so that your correct lens is on. And, oh, I can see. I can see clearly now. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. So, right? So it's, 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 it's this, just this little, it's just Torah. The word Torah, right? Paul, Mishnah, rules, regulations, legalism. It's just a little, it's just a little tw- tweak. Dates. I swear, we, we're, we're, um, uh, World War Five will happen over a date. Why though? Might mean something. There's no war if it doesn't mean something. <laughs> I mean, if it was no big deal, it probably doesn't mean anything, but it's a big deal. Dates are a big deal. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I know what's coming, but what I do know is, is I know the past and I know he's a God of order and I know that he follows patterns and he's not crazy. He's not all over the place. He doesn't just, Hey, I'll try that. He, 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 there is, there is purpose and there is pattern. And all I know is, is that there is a history. And so if dates matter, then I believe as a family in this house, we're gonna honor dates and we're gonna honor what the scriptures say and we are going to operate uh, within the loving instructions of the father and we're actually gonna get rid of all this. Because here's the thing, what if I was to say the opposite of what it could feel like? I don't know how to say that. Somebody could say, Everything that you're introducing feels like you're adding. Right. And I could say, what if we've already had that? The flip version. So to me, what I feel or what I see is you have all this, okay? And what we're doing is the teardown season was, we're going to get rid of that rule that the pastors put together. And we're going to get rid of that rule that the Roman culture introduced into America. And we're going to get rid of, and then now we're in a season of building. So we're going to rebuild it. I'm not saying we're rebuilding the Talmud. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we are rebuilding our, we're rebuilding our true identity as sons and daughters so that we can be become mothers and fathers. So we understand our alignment as kings and priests. Okay, because when he says he's coming back for the spotless one, we've thought, oh, we're, you know, poor sheep and make me spotless. He's looking for the ones that know how to rule and reign so that he can crown us, so that he can live with us, so we can take dominion. Okay, so the rebuilding is rebuilding adoption. It's rebuilding identity. It's rebuilding family. It's, re- it's rebuilding all of that. But it can feel like in the building, if the teardown wasn't so clean, 
It could feel like, and now, and now, and now, and now to be adopted, and now, right? And now I don't just come on Sunday, but I have to come on Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, and I have to have an encounter on Monday, and I have to get rid of Netflix, and I can't watch this, and I have to get let, let go of cheese, and I just have to... Right? It could feel like that if the teardown wasn't so clean. Okay, but fruit, all this, right? Reflection, right? A mere reflection where one day, I'm telling you, on this earth, you will see me illuminate before your eyes. Either levitate or illuminate. Zeke, Zeke. Zeke's like, I already saw it. (laughs) Right? We are going to be reflectors, right? And remember what I said about reflection because of what is happening uh, in, um, sorry, heaven has already happened, right? And we are reflecting and we're just right here. We're transitionaries. Okay? This has happened in our history. This has not. And we were here for such a time as this to be right here, transitionaries. When we talk about new era, we're not talking about like, oh, cool, a new season. We're talking about a new era. We're pulling in the rest of the kingdom that has not been made manifest. And what's really crazy when you really get into it, who is supposed to make it manifest? We are not to be hiding underneath our chair going, he'll do it. I mean, that's another whole thing. But if you read the gospel, understanding the context of some of this stuff, he said, and I gave you, and I gave you, and I gave you, and it's better that I go because I gave you, and I did it, so now you do it. And we're like, why isn't anything changing? (laughs) Because you don't even know the dates. He gave you an assignment. We were like, right? Let us be merry. Whatever it costs, let me be the one. I'll, I'll, I'll do it, right? Let us be the one that would be willing to be conceived so crazy. Let me be one that would be hovered over by a being that is not seen to say that I have been impregnated with the Messiah. Your salvation is inside of me and I will birth it and I will be ridiculed for it and I will raise it right? Let us understand that in this time that we get to light that within us and be that one that would be the one that would carry that to fruition. Amen. All right. (laughs) So I'm just going to like sprinkle some stuff on that steak right there. Because that's all I could do. Isn't that a meme? (laughs) I, I think that part of what's happening in this new chapter that's being revealed for all of us right now is that Hebrew thinking is a part of it. So I believe that as 
all of us start to read the word, it's going to start to, it's going to start to make sense to us in a Hebrew way to the point to where what we've been taught, you're like, that doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, one of the things she's talking about, the, the dates, one of the things that I think is interesting is in scripture, you find patterns all the time, everywhere. If, if you're paying attention, you'll see all kinds of patterns everywhere. There's probably hundreds of thousands, millions of them. Well, it's interesting to me that when Yeshua ascended, he told his disciples to go to a place and wait for something to happen. Okay? At the same time, the disciples were watching him get arrested, right? They're chopping ears off. They're like, when are you going to do something? Mm-hmm. You're the king. When are you going to bring justice, right? Save us all. When are you going to do that? And he just walks off to the cross, right? He just arrests me, heals the guy's ear, arrests me. He walks off to his, to his death, right? And he says, go there and wait for me, right? That's a pattern. Mm-hmm. But yet when we talk about his return, that's when he left. When we talk about his return, right? We fall into the same thing yeah. where you can see all kinds of chaos we going on. And I see it all over something. Facebook and people will end their rant with, Lord, just come back. Come back and save us, right? Something? Mm. And That's I think pattern. the pattern, the flip side of the pattern is Yeshua gave us a calendar. He gave us dates and he wants us to rehearse these dates, right? Just like he wanted us to go and prepare and go and wait for him. Rather than being saved out of something, he wants us to go and prepare and govern and call him back in. And I'll, I'll meet you there. So I want to, that's just an interesting point. I want to read Matthew 5, 17, because after all of that, right, which I'm, I'm, I like to, I like to think in terms of when I'm, when I'm right, when, when the word says to be prepared in and out of season, right, be able to account for your faith, right? I like to think about what are the things that people are going to say to me when I express my conviction or what I believe? What are the common things people are going to say? And after all of that, people are going to come and say, well, Matthew 5, 17 says, I did not come to abolish or destroy the law or the prophets, but to fulfill it. Or a verse could say, I, Yeshua is the end of the law. That's what people are going to say after all of that. But we have to understand that when you read that, first off, it's interesting that he's not just talking about the law. He's also talking about all the books of the prophets. So if we're not under the law, you might as well say, I'm not, I'm not subject to prophecy either. Okay. And then when he says, I came to fulfill it, it's the word telos, which means the purpose. I am the purpose of the law. Yeah. Yes. Now let me ask you a question. If you, does the purpose of something eliminate the process of something? Or does the purpose help us to better understand the process? Yes. Yeshua is the perp. He is the point. Yeah. Okay. In let me let me find this scripture. Where is it? John five forty six. 
Yeshua said, if you had believed in Moshe, you would believe in me for he wrote of me. He was pointing to me. Just like she just said, Moshe was pointing towards Yeshua. Mm -hmm. The law of Moshe was pointing to the destination of Yeshua. And Yeshua, what he basically said in John 5 was, you can't separate me from the Torah. You can't separate the the two. Okay? John 5, 46. So what he's saying is, if you believe in Moshe, if you believe in the law of Moses, you would also believe in me because that was pointing to me. You can't separate the two. Okay? And it's interesting because uh, you find the the words fulfilled, I've fulfilled the law, you know, and, and that's why he's that's why he's saying I didn't come to destroy the Torah, but I I came as the point of it. And another interesting thing is like when you talk about covenants or testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have this way of we have this like ingrained way of thinking that the New Testament replaces the Old Testament when it's really not being replaced, it's being renewed. It's a renewed covenant. It's not, really it's not a new covenant new. in terms of throw out the old one, we got a new one. It's, it's a renewed Hadashah, covenant. Which actually means renewed covenant. The word New Testament is Berit Hadashah. It does not mean new, new Testament. It means renewed Testament. So we have to, we have to think about just, we've been so, we've been so ingrained. And a lot of the problem is we just hear things and we don't seek it out. But what, like I said, that new seal that's being broken off, I believe part of that new chapter for everyone is to be able to have that Hebrew lens to understand what the word really says. It's not a renewed covenant. He's not saying, uh, I came to, I came as the end of the law. I came as the point of it. There's scriptures in Luke where Yeshua is asking again, has the law been fulfilled in your ear? Now think about that. If we think about it in the old way, right? If you look at it from a Hebrew lens, Yeshua came to fulfill the law. That means he completed, he completed it or he added to it. That's what we think. Now, when you really think about that, it doesn't make sense because Yeshua came and he dealt with the Pharisees because they added to the law. All that stuff that she talked about was all man-made addition to the law. Now, if he came to chastise them for adding to the law, how could he himself do away with it and present something else in place of it? Right. He'd be doing the same thing. And when you talk about it, it being the purpose... Just to make sure that I, that I'm clear that what what Paul was saying that they wanted this to be done away with or what Yeshua came for was because all of this in their eyes became higher than that. So it was more about that being a higher priority than what this was. So that's what I meant by like with rules and stuff like that. It's about what's at the center versus what takes priority. And they were starting to use this as higher, of course, because he shows up on the scene and they're, they're missing it because those things had become higher than the purpose of what they knew. The law in and of itself was never the purpose. 
the law it the law was never the point that's like saying I'm going on a road trip just to go on a road trip and there's no destination um, what what does it mean when Yeshua died on the cross and he says it is finished and we and the veil was torn what does that mean because like Missy was talking about in the beginning or when Yeshua himself says has the law been fulfilled in your ear what he's asking is are you out of relationship with me understanding the law because he's the purpose of it so he can help us understand the process of it so when we have a relationship with Yeshua and he even dies on the cross because he knows he has to leave so that something greater can come so the Torah can be written on our hearts the veil was torn so that our eyes could be opened our ears could be opened so we could actually perceive the loving instructions of the father the way they were intended to be And when you think, when you begin, I mean, it's, it's not just thinking as a Hebrew, but it's, it's understanding what the word actually says. So when you actually read Matthew five seventeen, because I, t- I guarantee it, right? You can just say the word happy Hanukkah and another Christian will say, we're not under the law anymore. Matthew five seventeen. he came to it, you know, he didn't come to abolish it, but he replaced it. Right. Okay. Well, let me ask you, right? If we walk like Yeshua, if we do like we see our father doing, okay, well, if we understand ourselves and we're disciples ourselves, let me ask you then, are you not under the books of the prophets then as well? Because we tend to just forget about that part. You know what I mean? We have, we have to, I believe we're going to start to understand and we're going to start to see the word and perceive the word. And part of the alignment that's happening as a family, as God has taken us through this process is we're celebrating. We've, we've, uh, demolished and dismantled and now things are being built and we're celebrating Hanukkah as a family because we understand it. And part of the thing that we're going to begin to also understand is the truth of the word and begin to really perceive and have a fulfilled hearing of the Torah in our own ears, right? How can you, you, you start to realize how much of the word and how much of the truth you actually just miss. We miss so much of it because if we're not understanding that Yeshua is the point and the purpose of the Torah and not a replacement of the Torah, not an addition, because he chastised the Pharisees for adding all that stuff. Right? Yeshua's not a hypocrite. Amen? So just to, just to I believe there's, there's like a reinforcing or, or an affirmation of just this way of perceiving the Torah and even getting back to the Torah because Yeshua is becoming so real to us that we're understanding the loving instructions of a father, really, really grasping it for the first time. I, for me personally, for the first time in my entire life. And I could probably safely say for us as a household, because as the priest goes, so goes the house that maybe that's probably the same situation for everybody else too. Okay. Oh, one other thing in the Torah, there's things like tithing, giving to the poor, 
the Ten Commandments. So if you're not under the law, you don't have to, you're not subject to the Ten Commandments. You don't have to give to the poor and the needy. Don't tithe. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, we just, we, we just, because of complacency or whatever, or willing to just hear it from somebody else, we just, we're good with just picking and choosing whatever yeah. we want. Yeah. Well, and don't forget, the Torah was given because of the iniquity previous. And it was instructions to get out of iniquity. And if Yeshua is the purpose of the Torah, of course Yeshua is how you get out of iniquity, but he's the purpose of that. So it's the same thing. It's like saying, well, because Yeshua is here, why do we still have a sin? Well, because before him, there was iniquity. He is the answer, right? Like that's like saying, well, the law should have fixed it, but there was iniquity before the law. Is that, so, because that's like a big question people have. Well, if he came to save the earth, why is there still evil? Because he's the purpose of walking out the loving instructions from the father. And I have access to it in me to be able to walk out iniquity. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.